Welcome everyone to our Learning at Home podcast. Speaking as usual and your host is Gilbert Cadiz and joining us to chat with our guest today is Rizwana Hafiz, one of our team members here at Tudor Doctor. So to tell you a little bit about our guest here, uh, his name is Bob Rosedale, and he's been a part of Tudor Doctor for over seven years. Based And uh, based on his experience in the Air Force, he helped develop the X-Skills program for Tudor Doctor. And he wrote uh, one of the chapters in our Academic Success Formula book all about X-Skills and why it's so important to help students stay organized and improve their grades. He's a big advocate of the need and importance of executive functioning skills, which is a topic that I'm really excited about. And he talks a little bit about here about how it can have a big impact on students' learning as well as how they do in life in general. So I'm really excited for this one. Let's hop right into the podcast. All right. We're here with Bob Rosedale. Bob, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, appreciate you uh, taking the time, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about X skills and executive functioning um, and how it applies to students and, and all individuals, to be honest. So speaking of executive functioning skills, uh, to get started, can you tell us a little bit about what exactly executive functioning skills are and why they're so important to students? Yeah, sure. Um, executive functions are those skills that um, all human beings acquire really over the first 20 to 25 years of their life. Um, they all develop at different rates, but they're the skills that allow us to organize our life, um, prioritize, um, discipline, falls in that self-discipline, um, time management falls into the heading of executive functioning, but also um, skills like working memory. Um, that would also uh, come under the heading of executive functioning. Um, as a group, these are skills that allow us to uh, function effectively when we have multiple tasks that we need to accomplish. Um, it helps us with attaining our goals um, in, a, uh, in a systematic, organized fashion. Um, as it applies to students, what we find and what I found in my personal tutor-doctor business, but what we see across the board is that students quite often experience a deficit in their executive functioning that prevents them from achieving their academic goals. And with that uh, understanding and from that observation, what we found in developing our X skills program at Tutor Doctor is that there's really two components to academic success. The first component is academic knowledge. Basically, that's the content, that's the algebra, that's the chemistry, that's the actual um, knowledge base that we normally think about when we talk about a student's academic program and their academic success. But there, it turns out that there is an equally important component of academic success. It has to do with academic discipline. When we talk to families, when we're in consultations with them, if we just you know, run into them at, the, uh, at church or at the pool or at the mall, when we talk to families in the community, what we hear quite often is that my student's struggling, but it's not because they can't do the work. Um, in fact, it's because of everything except for the ability to do the work. And when you kind of probe into that and you peel back the onion a little bit, what you hear families say is, 
it drives me crazy. I'm really frustrated because I know they can do it, but they can't prioritize anything. They can't organize their way um, out of bed in the morning sometimes. They don't manage their time well, and it's not that they can't do the work. It's that they don't do the work for all of these other reasons, and it's very frustrating and stressful for the parent because they don't really know exactly how to influence that or make a change there. Um, there are studies that have been done, one in particular called the Forgotten Middle, which was um, performed by the folks who do the ACT standardized test in the United States. And what they found was that the best predictor of how well a student will do after high school, how successful they will be after high school, is actually how well did they finish the eighth grade. Oh. And that's pretty eye-opening for most people. Um, but when you look at the analysis of why that is, it's because success after high school has less to do with academic knowledge and academic discipline. And that was really eye-opening the first time I, I understood that and I learned that. And that's kind of what fueled my passion for executive function and what we shortened down to X skills. Um, we want students to be able to be successful. We want to change the trajectory of students' lives. And in doing that, we, want, we try to provide a support structure that addresses both ends, both components of this academic success formula. And since every student's different, some need a lot of academic discipline, just a little bit of, of knowledge. Hmm. A lot of AP students, a lot of really hmm. high achieving students need very little knowledge building. They need a lot of organizational skills. When we get to junior high and high school, what we see, especially with this group, is that from like first through seventh grade or so, everything came so easy. They didn't have to put a lot of effort into it. So what do they do? They acquire lots of extracurricular activities. Hmm. They're in band. They're in gymnastics. They're cheering, cheering. They're playing lacrosse. They're collecting all these other activities that um, end up making a demand on their time. Then when they get to high school, the workload gets higher. It increases the demands on their time. And now they, for the first time, they find that they can't keep all the plates spinning. But it's not because they can't do the, the academic work because they can't organize and prioritize their life. So we want to be able, and we, and we want parents to be able to help students um, manage both components so that overall they're successful and that we feel that that's the best way to prepare them for life after high school. That's, that's so interesting. Uh, I think that a lot of parents will definitely align to that along those lines because it's important to keep your academic uh, courses ready while you have extracurricular activities. So do you find any difference or importance to just academics and extracurricular activities? Or would you put them together? I know prioritizing is such a big thing, but what would you put more importance on? Well, in, in order to um, put together a program that's going to lead to success, when you have so many competing um, opportunities and so many competing demands on your time, the first thing that an individual needs to do is actually identify what is my goal? What's the outcome I'm trying to achieve here? Um, in our X skills program, we we assume that the goal is overall academic success to so that the student is progressing through their academic career in a very positive way towards this goal. Since we have identified the goal as academic success, now we can establish what are the priorities that will contribute to that. And in very basic terms, you, you can bend that pretty pretty easily. You can say we have tasks that contribute to academic success and we have tasks that contribute to quality of life, to being a, a whole person. But by definition, 
they can't be prioritized higher than the academic ones because that's how we define success in this context. Now, it's possible for um, somebody to say, you know what, my goal is to be a professional football player. If that's your goal, then from a prioritization standpoint, you should be prioritizing working out above algebra. That's fair, actually, if that's your goal. Now, parents and the student, they make the claim and coaches will say, yeah, that's the goal. So we have to prioritize this very high, but that doesn't mean we're going to ignore academics. No, but if you have to make a decision, if your ultimate goal is to be a professional football player and somebody says, okay, what's it going to be? Just by definition, the higher priority is going to end up being working out or going to practice. Um, So I just bring that up um, not to make any judgment calls on one or the other, but to make the point that it all starts with what is the goal. And once you define what the goal is, then we can say, okay, these tasks must be accomplished. They must be accomplished to get to the goal. And the way I talk about that and the way I think about that is if I don't accomplish this task, I'm actually moving, moving farther away from my goal. Then we want to, but this is where executive function becomes really interesting. I still want the student to have a high quality of life. I want them to enjoy all these other events in their life. So the key is how do we get them to all work together? How do we prioritize? And when a student can actually prioritize all that, now they're achieving their goals and much, much more. They have a much greater quality of, of life in general. Um, so that's, that's where mastering these executive skills can really make a difference in a student's life in, in, in a larger context than just be just the grades. So, um, so it, it does definitely extend beyond that. It's, it's about how you can create um, uh, opportunities for yourself by continuously moving towards your goals. All right. So you talked a little bit about the X skills program and the importance of planning and prioritizing tasks according to their goals. Um, and one thing that I found uh, interesting about your background in particular is that you were part of the United States military. Uh, you worked for the Air Force for some time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background in the Air Force and how that affected the development of the X skills program? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I was in the Air Force for almost 27 years. Uh, a significant portion of that, I was a pilot, and in my and as a pilot, I spent a lot of time training student pilots. And these pilots were actually students right out of college, and we took them for the following year and put them through the training program. So at the end of that year, we put wings on their chest, and they're uh, a pilot in the United States Air Force. Right. I observed when I was starting to process. Um, what I was hearing from families that my students can't organize their lives. They can't prioritize. Um, they, they can't exercise self-discipline when it comes to their academics. I started thinking about my experience working with student pilots and it dawned on me that there's something really amazing about that process of taking a student right out of college, 21, 22, 23 years old, putting them through a very rigorous training program in a very complicated skill, like flying an airplane. And, and within a year, we can take that student and have them to where they can fly a multi-million dollar aircraft around the world with high value cargo or with the expectation of, you know, employing some kind of a weapon, uh, sometimes with people shooting at you. And we expect them to make excellent decisions, prioritize their tasks extremely efficiently um, to maintain what we would refer to as situational awareness about all the things that are going on around them so that they don't get, and this is another 
term from the uh, flying environment so that they don't get task saturated. Students get task saturated all the time. Um, and I'm talking about not flying students, I'm talking about just in general. Um, they can't manage all their priorities. So I started thinking about how do we do that? How do we get them to advance so fast and so far or so far and so fast? And I realized that there were some techniques that we could pull out of the um, student pilot training experience and the military experience that are very effective at helping students not um, to, to hopefully develop the skills at a faster rate. Because like I said, some of these skills, they can be acquired over 20, 25 years, but why wait 20 or 25 years? I would like to see them be developed earlier um, because the sooner they're developed, the more choices stu the student's going to have, the more opportunities, the more possibilities. So I started thinking about that. And so some techniques from the flying world actually work their way into our X skills program. Um, one in particular is checklists, checklist discipline. Um, people need checklists to be efficient, in my experience. Some people will tell you that they, they don't need a checklist. Okay, it's fine. Some, a, a few people don't. But I know that what allows us to be very efficient in the cockpit is having very strong checklist discipline. Mm. Um, because there's certain things that have to be done, and they have to be done now, and they have to be done right. Or maybe sometimes planes land with their gear up. It's not optimal. Um, so, uh, the, uh, so checklist discipline is really important. Um, being able to prior, prioritize what's important um, in a student's life means that they have to actually plan that ahead of time. You don't wait till the moment that you have to decide whether you're going to go to football practice or study for the test. You have to plan for that several days earlier. So planning is really um, critical to developing these skills. The One of the things that makes the biggest impact on how we develop in the military is that we debrief everything. We don't just pre-brief and plan. We go out, we execute the mission, then we debrief and see what we can learn from it. So if... Uh, if you apply that to a student and their executive functioning, yeah, we want to plan, but we also want to then go through and exe you know, executing whatever that plan is. And then afterward, we want to look back and see, okay, what did we accomplish? What didn't we accomplish? What, what prevented it from happening? Um, in that process, there's one other thing that I think is critically important if we're going to um, draw these uh, uh, comparisons or look back to analogies of, of how the flying experience affected X skills. One of the things that many students don't think about, and I would extend this to say most adult, many adults don't, is what are the obstacles that are going to prevent me from being successful? In the plan, what are the obstacles that are going to prevent me from being successful? In, in our X skills program, we have students talking about that with their tutor, looking for, okay, what is it that's going to prevent me from being successful? And for anything that they identify that's going to create that obstacle, we would expect them to come up with at least one contingency plan to either overcome that obstacle, go around it, go under it, make it disappear. you got to come up with a way to work around that obstacle. Because if that obstacle get, when that obstacle presents itself and it stops the student or it stops the adult from achieving their goal, that ends up being what's known as an excuse. That's the reason I couldn't get it done, because this happened or because that happened. Well, we can anticipate a lot of that. And to the extent we can't anticipate it, we can plan for it. And then it doesn't become an excuse. It just becomes part of the process of developing these skills. So. 
That's great. I mean, the one thing that I find fascinating about this is you've already pumped out a number of practical tips that students can use practicing discipline, for example. Aside from academic knowledge, you mentioned things like uh, creating checklists, planning ahead of time. So would, in your opinion, would you say um, establishing a daily schedule is a very useful thing for a student? To what degree does that help them with academic success? Yeah, the daily schedule is critical, but I think a daily schedule is the second step. I think it's more important to create the weekly schedule. Hmm. Um, and you can extend that, you can say month, you can go as far out as you want on that. But when you, a daily schedule um, is absolutely what is necessary, what, what we have established when we use our, uh, our X skills um, program is that on Sunday evening, we want the student to look out over the next week. And in doing that, we want them to prioritize what are their highest priority items, which would be the ones that contribute to academic success. And we want them to identify what are their, um, the next level of priority, which would be the quality of life, the extracurricular activities, the chores, um, hanging out with the family. Those kinds of things all matter. So we want them to kind of build that shell on Sunday night. Then they'll actually be able to see, okay, how much they'll actually, usually what they find out is they have a lot more time in there than they thought. But if they don't, or if there's something competing, the time to start looking at that is Sunday night time to start identifying what's going to prevent me from getting this done is Sunday night. So now let's talk about that with the parent. Let's talk about it with the big brother. Let's talk about it with the tutor. Let's come up with a contingency plan so we can make all this come together. The other thing that I think is that it's a little bit unique um, to our program, but I think it's critically important is that the student have some method of not just looking at what's due today, tomorrow, this week, but to capture those longer term requirements, those bigger projects, the science projects, the term papers, the going to, to soccer camp that we know is going to, or to, you know, a soccer tournament that's going to be out of state. It's two months from now, but we know that it's going to create a, a prioritization issue with the schoolwork. The students should have a system in place where they can easily identify what those long-term commitments are and, and place their near-term and mid-term priorities in that context. And when we have a student working with a tutor, um, it's easy to see that. And the tutor can be a coach in that regard and say, hey, don't forget, you know, six weeks from now, you've got this going on. You've got that going on. We can't wait till five weeks from now to start working on that. So let's back that up. Let's create a plan. Um, so the absolutely creating those schedules, creating those, um, uh, using the calendar in an effective way. Um, it sounds pretty simple, right? But very, very few people have actually mastered that skill of how to uh, establish um, that time, those time management disciplines. So that, yeah, Gil, that's uh, it's critically important um, as far as helping to improve these skills. Definitely. I'd agree. When I was a kid, I wish I had X skills. <laughs> <laughs> I agree too, because it's so important to be in fact, so aligned with your schedules and, and all that. What type of advice would you give how to stick to it? Like it's hard for how can parents help develop that routine for them or should they have their own development of a routine and then pass it on to their kids? I think it's almost impossible to expect a student to just do that on their own. Hmm. Um, if that, if we're that simple, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So they need some form of support then from the they, parent. Yeah, they need a support structure um, and it needs to be an, an accountability type of partner could do it as well. Right. Uh, what, what we would um, what we would recommend as one option is that at the end of the day, 
the parent reviews that calendar with the student. They have to be reviewing with a specific eye because this is what our tutors do in, in their sessions with students is, and they happen to do it at the beginning of the session, but they go through the student's um, X skills workbook. And in doing that, the reviewing what the student has coming up today, tomorrow, what's going to happen in, you know, next month. And in reviewing that, they can actually uh, keep track of how many of your tasks did you get accomplished? Let's set some goals. This week, you expect to get 10 high priority tasks accomplished. You only got five. Okay. What, this is where the debrief comes in. What went wrong? What got in the way? What were the obstacles that we didn't account for? Let's learn from that. Let's improve. And let, next week, let's, let's try to get 60% of our high priority tasks accomplished. While they're doing that, you know, it, it just becomes a routine for the parent and the student. And it's really critical that you actually measure these things too. All right. We got 50% of the tasks accomplished this week. Let's get 60% done next week. Let's set some other goals, not just academic success as a, the ultimate goal, but let's set some intermediate goals here that'll help us improve with these skills. Um, and that that's very useful. So yeah, that those end of day debrief kind of things. That's what we would call them in the military end of day debrief. And let's, uh, Let's get some takeaways from it and let's actually act on that to see if we can improve for tomorrow or next week. So, yeah, so I think the parents can, can play that role pretty easily, to be honest. That's right. Because some parents usually um, work around their schedules while, you know, they, they have their kids in mind as well. So it's really important to work together in this, as you're saying, like debrief, great idea. Yeah. So, and if the parent, for whatever reason, doesn't, sometimes the parent doesn't feel like they're the best person to do it. Right. And that's, that's true sometimes, right? <laughs> it's just true. But that doesn't mean that there should be somebody. So look, help the student identify, if not me, who? And there's probably quite a few people around who would be willing to, to perform that role of helping the student maintain accountability. Because students who need development in their executive functions, by definition, are not going to go out probably and seek somebody that's going to help them get more organized. Hmm. It's part of the problem is that they don't know who to go to, where to go to, how to solve this problem. Right. So... Um, a little assist won't, wouldn't be uh, out of the question. Definitely from a mentor, uncle, for example, tutor. Well, that's what we're doing. So yeah, exactly. So it could be any of those. It could be a coach. Um, just lots of people can perform that role. Um, but it needs to be It needs to be systematic. It needs to be every night. And it actually doesn't even need to be in person. It could be a phone call. It could be an email. Just, wow. Just go back and let's review what you did today, what worked, what didn't work. How can we improve for next time? In particular, what were those obstacles that prevented you from being successful? Because one way or another, we didn't account for them correctly. That, that'd be my personal view on it. We, mm -hmm. should, we need to relook at what prevented us from being successful. So. All right. So before we wrap up here, I think uh, we're making good time with this one. Before we finish, uh, do you have any stories of students you've worked with in particular um, whose lives were changed by the XSkills program or um, who've in particular developed these skills and started thriving in school, for example. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, this was maybe our second or third, um, student when we started integrating X skills into the enrollment. Um, and I remember sitting down with her and her mom and I was, we were doing the consultation where we're just finding out what the academic situation is. And it was, it was classic. My daughter's a genius. She's a genius. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants yet. She's failing four classes. Like, why is that? And the daughter was kind of embarrassed. Um, and mom said, because she can't organize anything. She can't stay focused on a task. That's another executive function is, is staying focused to completion. 
um, a lot of students lose their focus. So we got talking. The, the student, when I started describing how X skills works, um, basically said, I don't want anything to do with this. Huh. Um, she said, I can organize my life just fine with my iPhone. I said, okay, um, how's that working right now? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, we're talking about your grades aren't where they want to be and that you're not going to get into the college you want to get into. And the iPhone is the solution. Um, that's fine. Can you show me how you use the iPhone to do that? And I said, by the way, um, let's do it this way. You've got 30 seconds. Tell me what do you have that's due in all of your classes this week, next week, and whether you have any long-term commitments over the next three months. You've got 30 seconds, go. It took her 30 seconds to get the screen to illuminate. Oh, no. And then she was fumbling through all of her different calendars and reminders. And when it was all said and done, it was clear that that wasn't going to be the solution. So I gave, I showed her her X-Skills game plan. I said, if you were using this, you would see this here, this here, this here, this year. Actually, even with the book closed, you would have information that you don't get from your iPhone because this book does not turn into a black screen when it's sitting on your desk. So she kind of got the point, but she still was resistant. We worked with her for about next uh, three months, and she was in and out of participating and wanting to use um, the techniques. So like the, the tutor would come over and say, I just didn't do it. Then, well, that's an indication that your X skills aren't as good as they should be, to be honest. Right. Now, they don't want to hear that, but that's exactly what it is. They postponed. They deprioritized. They just flat out said, I'm not going to do it. Um, my tutor, we talked about it back and forth and – he said, you know, I'm just going to go in there and tell her, you either do it or not. Just commit to something. Give it a chance. So that was a little bit of the personality of the tutor. So she's, he challenged her in a different way and said, basically, I don't believe that you – that what he actually said, I think, was, I don't believe that this isn't going to help you. You don't think it's going to help you? I think you're kind of scared to do it. Hmm. Now, we're not in the business of scaring students as a technique. That wasn't going <laughs> And he had a good rapport with her, so it was okay. But Fair she enough. said, okay, I'll take your challenge. Um, so – Took the challenge. She started using it rig uh, rigorously. Uh, her grades all went up to high Bs and As over the next semester. Nice. A year later, uh, I got a very nice note from her mom. She continued to tutor over the next year. Got a very nice note from mom when she got into the school of her dreams. And in, the, in that, mom said, I don't know how we could have possibly done this without um, not just your tutor, but teaching her how to organize her life. So that was really, um, we love hearing those stories, right? That's, that's, that's what it's all very about. Very inspiring. Yeah, uh, so that's what we want to hear. Definitely how, how that X skills really developed her life skills and lifestyle and everything like that. That's very important. Again, as you were saying, like it's habit. It, it's true. It's a pattern that we have to develop ourselves and keep at it and commit to it. So Bob, what kind of resources can parents use to utilize these skills? Great question. Um, for me, I didn't. I had no idea that executive functioning um, and executive skills were even a thing until I started hearing it from families all the time, and I started trying to figure out well, how can we help these families. And and so a mentor of mine introduced me to a couple of really good resources that I still recommend to this day. Um, one is a book called Smart but Scattered. And the authors are Dr. Richard Guare and Dr. Peg Dawson. And Smart But Scattered is a perfect name for what parents observe and what, and what frustrates them. My kid is smart, but they're scattered. And 
so Smart But Scattered was the first book I read on the topic. Um, about a year later after I read that, the same couple actually came out with Smart But Scattered Teens, which is also highly recommend on that. Those two will really provide a great introduction to this concept of executive functions. In, and we're talking about kind of like in the mainstream of students who are just somewhere on the spectrum of needing academic discipline to complement their academic knowledge. There are definitely situations where a student's executive functioning is outside of that. Sometimes we're talking about ADD, ADHD, Asperger's. Mm -hmm. Those are all manifestations of executive functions deficits as well. But that's not what I'm talking about when we talk about how we can work with a student. We're really talking about um, students who are more um, just frustrating their parents because they're not getting their work done. Some of them are actually diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. But I think it's just important that everybody understand that um, when we're talking about smart but scattered and smart but scattered teens and kind of the context I've been talking about, it's, it's not students who've been diagnosed with an executive function deficit. That requires probably a different type of um, approach and, and counseling perhaps um, in that, those regards. And we're not experts. I don't profess to be an expert in counseling. I just know how these techniques can really help a student um, to achieve their goals. So those are, are both two really good books. They also have a book that goes to that next level, which is called, is called uh, Coaching Students with Executive Skills Deficits. It's the same couple, but it's a, it's an it is a program that I, I would encourage parents to look into if they feel like they need a program that's focused around like behavioral change. Um, that's, that's a different level. Uh, I also get asked by a lot of parents, well, executive functioning, you're talking about being like middle school. How early should we start developing those? And although it's true that how far a student's executive functioning has developed by the time they're about in eighth grade is a, is a predictor of success, um, it's probably never too soon to start helping a student develop those skills. And what I have found a, a great resource that is useful is called the SOAR Workbook. And the SOAR Workbook is by Susan Kruger. It's been around for quite a while. There's an entire program, websites and everything that um, support that workbook. But it it's more for elementary students. And it helps them develop those same skills, but at in more appropriate in a more appropriate way for their age. So those are some resources, um, the source study skills and also uh, the smart but scattered series and kind of the extension of that series of books, I think are great resources for parents. And it's, that's where I would recommend anybody go to learn more about the subject. Great. Thank you. Those are great recommendations. I'm going to definitely read that book. So uh, for anybody past uh, the age of about grade eight within that area, Anybody past that for adults, for example? Are we all doomed or does it just take longer for us to develop these skills? Uh, I don't think anybody's doomed ever, um, but it's a great question because we also get the question, okay, so it all mattered by eighth grade, but my kids in 10th and 11th grade and getting ready to take their SATs, uh, it's never too late to start focusing on them. The, we hear a lot. I've had, I've had quite a few parents call me whose kids are in college now. And they're kind of, they're not out of sight, out of mind, but they're definitely too far away for the parent to have any influence on as far as being right there with them. So, and it's the first time the student has been in a challenging enough situation that they recognize they can't get everything done. Again, and a lot of, I've had tutors, a lot of my tutors, some of my best tutors tell me, that was me. I almost dropped out of college. I had a 4.0 graduating from high school. I couldn't 
figure it all out when I got to college. And I actually left for a semester and came back. I needed to mature. I need to really think through how do I prioritize my life? And some of them figure it out on their own. Some of them get some assistance. Um, for adults, in every organization I've ever been in, from the military to tutor doctor to everything I've observed, there are situations um, and there are programs out there to help every age group, every level, every different um, uh, professional situation on developing organizational skills, right? Um, there's, there's vast industries on that. So it'd be hard to narrow down, but I don't think it's a lost cause. I think it's a matter of people acknowledging that this can be taught and developed and structure can be put in place, but it's, it has to be done with purpose and it has to be focused on goals and being able to prioritize which steps lead to those goals and what are the obstacles that are going to prevent me from getting there because those are just excuses. For me, it's pretty much breaks down to that and you can get really elaborate in how you train that or how you address it, but it, it kind of boils down to that. So. Thank you, Bob, so much for your time. This has been an amazing interview. You've clarified a lot about X-Skills. I've learned a lot myself. I think I'm going to start pursuing a lot more of those uh, programs for adults <laughs> myself Definitely. to get myself organized. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Well, again, thanks a lot for having me. Um, hope, uh, Maybe I was able to clarify a couple things. Um, we talk a lot about it in, in the office and at work. Um, and, you know, our goal, like I said, is change the trajectory of students' life. Absolutely. And whatever we can do to do that, we, uh, we're up for. Wow, that was a very insightful episode. I really like this one because it highlights just how important executive functioning skills are, or X skills in other words. These skills translate to everyday life and help students prepare for competing demands as well as prioritize their tasks. That's such an important thing and something that I wish I knew at, in school as well. So for instance, like as far as competing demands goes, students have so much going on in their lives from extra, uh, extracurricular activities to their own um, social circles, as well as the tasks that are given to them in school, their assignments, so on and so forth, um, as well as chores. And hey, you know what, There's a, that's a lot to take in for uh, younger folks, especially. So hopefully you learned a lot from this podcast. And hopefully there are a lot of interesting tips that you've taken away from this. So I am really happy that we got a chance to speak with Bob Rosedale. I know Rizwana was excited for this one as well. So we Give a big shout out to Rizwana and we will see you in the next episode of Learning at Home.